Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In today's episode, we have a homily for Sunday, February 25th, 2024, which is the second Sunday in the season of Lent. We'll begin our time together today with a reading from the 8th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Mark writes, Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. Over 20 years ago, I stepped back into the classroom for the first time in what seemed like an eternity. For some time, I had been contemplating a career change and was considering a vocation as an Anglican priest. Seeking ordination would require a lot more education, and before committing to a master's degree program, I thought that I would test the waters out a little bit. So I enrolled in a two-year college-level program offered by one of our local Anglican seminaries as a way to see whether it was a good fit or not. I remember sitting in a classroom one Wednesday evening, very eager to learn. We were discussing the reading assignment from the previous week, and the prof asked students to break up into groups of three and come up with a metaphor to describe the Trinity. After a few minutes, we came back together. On behalf of my group, I offer the analogy of God as ice, water, and steam all the same substance, and yet all uniquely different. The prof smiled, nodded his head affirmingly, and said, Yes, I see where you're going with that. It's a theory called modalism, and unfortunately it was denounced as a heresy in the early 3rd century. I went from feeling quite pleased with myself, thank you very much, to feeling utterly deflated. I had been studying theology formally for less than a month, and I was already espousing heretical ideas. While it wasn't the start that I had hoped for, I took comfort in the fact that there was room for me to grow and learn. This incident came to mind this week as I read our Gospel reading for today. You may recall that last week we considered that from the very beginning of Mark's Gospel, the author describes Jesus journeying ever closer to Jerusalem, to crucifixion, and eventually to resurrection. That fact is underscored in today's reading. 
Today's reading from Mark opens with Jesus' prediction of his own suffering, execution, and eventually his resurrection. It's that prediction that triggered conflict to bubble up amongst Jesus' own followers. That's when we hear from Peter. Peter is often considered to be the impulsive one of the group. Today we see Peter living up to his reputation as he begins to school Jesus. Mark does not do a deep dive into Peter's motivations. Maybe Peter was concerned about Jesus' safety. Maybe his reaction was based on his expectations of Jesus' role as the Messiah. Others imply that Peter and the rest of the disciples had become accustomed to being at the center of this new Jesus movement. Jesus' death would have put all of that at risk. There is plenty of speculation about why Peter said what he did, but the text is not entirely clear. What we do know is that Jesus responded quickly and decisively. Get behind me, Satan. Imagine what it would be like to hear these words from your mentor. At first blush, Jesus' response seems extreme and hurtful. In its original language, however, the word does not necessarily have any supernatural connotations. The word can simply be used to describe an ordinary person who assumes the role of an adversary or accuser. That little linguistic cue helps us to see that Jesus was not being intentionally hurtful, nor was he saying that Peter was demonic, but neither was he willing to be deterred from his mission. He would entertain no distraction, no matter whether it came from Rome, from Jerusalem, or even from his own disciples. But what was that mission? One of the primary aspects of Jesus' mission was to bring both physical and spiritual healing to those who were experiencing some type of oppression. There were elements of this mission that were very practical indeed. One of those practical elements was about offering people reconciliation with God and removing the stigma that the religious establishment had placed around associating with certain sinful people. Mark also described Jesus healing the sick and feeding the hungry, even if he had to break with religious traditions, like Sabbath observance, in order to do it. As one colleague puts it, the people are the project. But still, we have one small piece of our text to consider. Mark tells us that immediately after Jesus rebuffed Peter, he turned to a crowd that was gathering nearby and told them that if they wanted to become his followers, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow him. On the surface, this statement could be misunderstood as Jesus instructing people to intentionally seek out martyrdom. But that doesn't bear out to closer examination. Granted, there have been a great many people martyred for their faith throughout history, but there are others who have not. Surely, martyrdom cannot be the only hallmark for living a faithful life. We begin to see that Roman crucifixions cannot be the only way to faithfully follow Christ. So what did Jesus mean when he told people to deny themselves, to take up their cross, and to follow him? I think that the answer to this question comes in a closer examination of the Apostle Peter. Was Peter impetuous? Absolutely. Did he sometimes miss the mark? 
he absolutely did today. Elsewhere, we see Peter and Paul engaged in heated debate about the observance of Mosaic law, which tells us that Peter may not have always been the easiest person to get along with. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was Peter who chopped off a man's ear and, within hours, also denied Jesus. Despite all of this, Peter was also profoundly faithful. In one instance, Jesus asked his disciples who they thought he was and what they thought he was about. Peter replied, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Elsewhere in John's Gospel, knowing that the going was about to get rough, Jesus once offered his disciples an out. He asked them, Do you also want to go away? Peter replied, To whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. It was Peter that was one of the first to make amends with the resurrected Christ. We begin to see that while Peter did not always have all of the answers, and he definitely did not always get it right, he kept coming back. In the words of our baptismal covenant, he persevered in resisting evil, and whenever he fell into sin, he repented and returned to the Lord. It has less to do with the number of times that we fall, and has more to do with whether we get back up and center ourselves on the things of Christ. This is one of the significant themes found in our reading for today. It's found throughout the season of Lent, and it runs through our entire Christian faith. Let's pray. God of Sarah and Abraham, long ago you embraced your people in covenant and promised them your blessing. Strengthen us in faith, so that with your followers in every age, we may proclaim our deliverance in Jesus Christ to generations yet unborn. Amen.